0: This week, Comics in Motion has an excellent offer exclusively for our listeners. TKO Comics is revolutionizing the comic industry. They have creator-owned series from heavy hitters like Garth Ennis, Jeff Lemire, Joshua Desart, Roxanne Gay, and many more. If you go to tkopresents.com slash discount motion20 and use the code motion20 at checkout, you'll receive a 20% discount exclusively for Comics in Motion listeners. That's tkopresents.com slash discount motion20. Use the promo code MOTION20. Happy reading. To the Batmobile. Let's go. Come on, Bob.
1: For old times, huh?
0: Harley Quinn, nice to meet you. <laughs>
1: Pardon my French. Fuck those fuckers.
0: This is my favorite Marvel character ever, but you should never meet your heroes, because honestly, he's a bit of a dick. Now might be a really good time for you to get angry. That's my secret, cat. Yeah. I am
1: inevitable.
0: Right, welcome everybody to another episode of the Comics in Motion podcast. I'm on your host, Chris Phelps, and my co-host and very good friend is Mr. Dave Horrocks.
1: Hey there, Chris, and hello to our listeners out there. Welcome to Comics in Motion TV and Movie Reviews for shows that are based on comic books. Myself, I'll be reviewing from the perspective of a long-time comic book reader. And I'll be reviewing from the TV and movie perspective. And what we also like to do is we also like to spoil the hell out of everything we review. So if you haven't watched our choice of the week, then we'd advise you to proceed with caution. And remember, with an average podcast comes no responsibility. Now, Chris, for today's uh, review, this week's review, we're going to tackle something that has been long in the making. So what are we going to review? Just before
0: we tell you or I tell everybody what it is, Dave, I wish it had stayed longer in the review, in the fucking (laughs) making. Uh, This is the 2020, released 2020. It was made a couple of years ago. New Mutants, Dave. And, um, yeah, that's all I can say about that.
1: (laughs) Well, I think... Already, I think I know where this is going, <laughs> so this might be another short episode. We we, uh, we haven't done too well, have we? We didn't, didn't like Project Power too much last week. Um, I've got a feeling this may go the same way. Now, I guess before we get into it, what did before this movie came out, what did you know about New Mutants, and are you aware of any of the kind of production problems that they had to bring this to the screen?
0: Um, I, I remember, it to be fair, Dave. I think it was something you mentioned on this show, and something we said pr- when we talked privately with yourself. I think Max had mentioned it. I didn't know anything about it. I just knew Aya Stark was in it from Game of Thrones, uh, Maisie Williams, but I, I didn't know anything about it. And I think you'd said originally, look, it's been two or three years. It's just been stuck, hasn't it? They, they try didn't they try and rewrite it and do or recut it or something because it was t- it tested poorly. I think he, he is that close. right? Close,
1: close. Yeah. So, um. I will do a quick plug right so if you get across the fantastic universes did write an article on the New Mutants just as a uh, as the comic book characters and their origins and everything and a little bit about the the movie as well so New Mutants is part of this X-Men universe right so the X-Men were created in the 60s by Stan Lee and Jack Kirby if you remember, about six months after Doom Patrol came out, and it was all very, very similar. <laughs> I don't know if you remember yeah, that when I we do, covered yeah, yeah. Doom Patrol. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it did seem a little bit of copy in there. But that series by Stan Lee and Jack Kirby ended up being cancelled. And uh, one of the reasons Stan Lee gave for it was it was just difficult to write a team book, whereas when you're writing something like Spider-Man, you know, it's, it's easy to write for that one character as opposed to lots of characters. So that was the reason he gave for it. Now, in 75, I think it was, you had giant-sized X-Men come out. And that was actually written by a chap called Len Wein. And that was the new team. That had the likes of Wolverine, Colossus, Storm. It was a much more cosmopolitan team. The original X-Men team was just a bunch of white dudes and one, one, uh, one lady. So Jean Grey, You know, she was the token bit of diversity that you had there. So this giant size X-Men team looked a lot more like the X-Men that we know today. Now, after that, though, Len Wein couldn't carry on writing it. So it's very, very popular, this whole rebooted team. And Chris Claremont, the legend that is Chris Claremont, basically took the X-Men and just ran with it. And he was writing all through the uh, through the late 70s, through the 80s, and basically turned the X-Men into what we know today. You know, he created a lot of the storylines, but the interpersonal kind of relationships and drama, that was all Chris Claremont. Now, because they'd got so popular, <laughs> Marvel are like, oh, we need to launch another X-Men book. So, you know, there's talk of it. But... Chris Claremont had these kind of long running plots, you know, he'd, he'd drop a little bit of dialogue and then it'd be picked up months or even years later, you know, so he was absolutely consumed with this world. So when there was talk of doing another book, he was like, right, I'm going to write that as well. <laughs> so he ended up creating the new mutants. And at the time, this is the early eighties thing was 82. The X-Men were actually out in space and they, they were, They disappeared, and and people on Earth didn't know who they were. And so you ended up having these newer mutants, um, which are largely these characters that we know today. They ended up... The very first issue was actually a graphic novel, more by accident. Marvel had a a slot uh, where they had to release a graphic novel. So what should have been a number one issue ended up just being this graphic novel, just to plug that gap. But... He took Claremont, took that original idea of the school and also the idea of diversity and just cranked it up to 11. So these kids that came in didn't have control of their powers. And also, you know, he, he took uh, you had this, this one character, you had um, uh, Sean, she was from Vietnam. Now, if you think early 80s, but this was 82, first year, uh, same. Uh, year as First Blood came out, you know, it's, it's not quite how Vietnam was thought of now, you know. So this was all pre the kind of Rambo movies and Chuck <laughs> Norris movies and all that. So I felt like that was quite a bold move. But more than anything, you know, he he took the idea of the school and these kids just didn't have control of their powers. They weren't trying to be heroic. They weren't, you know, this this polished superhero team. They were trying desperately to just get control of their powers and of course you know just fit in so for me i'm a massive fan of these uh, of these early new mutants books chris and when this film was announced i was quite excited for it now unfortunately because of the way the fox x-men movies went there was a ton of like fatigue around it when that first trailer dropped so not long after the the Shooting had finished it was like a month after or something. I think it was uh, November two thousand and seventeen I think it was that tr- first trailer dropped. They cut the trailer to make it really look like a horror movie now it was originally it was intended to be a teen angsty kind of movie, which is what we got in the end, but because it's the opposite of what you said. It's it's because that trailer tested quite well and everyone was like, oh, I see, you're giving us something fresh. You know, and especially around the time that, you know, everyone's talking about Disney and doing all the Marvel movies are all the same. They're just slightly different characters, slightly different twists, but they're churning out the same thing and we need a bit more diversity in the, in the movies. It tested quite well. So they thought, right, well, we, we need to do some reshoots. But that's really where the problem started, because they wanted to do the reshoots. This is a young cast, don't forget. And then while it was talk- shortly after this, there was talk of um, Disney taking over 20th Century Fox. And as companies do, Chris, when there's a bit of a takeover, they want to maximize the amount of revenue coming in because they want to fatten it up so they can get top dollar for it. So they ended up in the slot that New Mutants should have been released, they were—they were like, nope, we'll release Deadpool two there instead, and then it got bumped again uh, for Dark Phoenix. Less said about that movie, the better. Bet, <laughs> but yeah. also, you know, and and then I'm sure there were there were some others as well where it got bumped for for various reasons. Obviously, when it's all tied up in the in the Marvel takeover, it it just ended up being kind of the ginger headed stepchild and and just pushed to the side. So, and because time's going past, you know, it should have been released in 2018, you're losing that window where you can actually shoot these young actors in different scenes and then mesh it all together as if it's the same movie. So, you know, who knows if if Disney had actually, you know, maybe took a chance and gone down the horror route and really ramped that up. There was talk of them introducing a new character, really making this something different. And in the end, I think they just will. Like, I, you know what? let's just throw this one out there. <laughs> so this one, this one is a Fox film, even though it's the first kind of X Men movie that's been properly released under Marvel. But let's face it, it's not a Marvel movie.
0: No, it's interesting because you know it's great. We've what you've just described there, Dave. And, and anybody who's not seen it yet, the one thing I, I, and you may not find that, but. It's not reviewed very well at all across any any of the big uh, sites and reviewers and that, but is it's just the story I found so confusing, and what you've just said makes perfect sense. To be honest, it's just I just I, I watched it. and I'm thinking, why even bother? You know, like you you teed me up with what had happened, as you've just said, explained or what had gone on, and the and the, the errors and the production stuff, but. Yeah, it's just weird. Very, very, I mean, I know we're going to get into it now, Dave, but yeah, I—I I, and I warn everybody, as you can tell by my tone today, I have got nothing good to say about this shit bro, <laughs> at all. Spoiler alert. And I think, I think you, you, sorry, but we were talking off podcast and you did say something, just a, a random message you sent me and, I, and it got me thinking, and I think you're so right, is these more, these worse, sorry, these more bad X-Men films or X-Men you know, in that universe, and there is good ones, Dave, and that's poor, yeah. that is poor, and I've never thought of it like that. I've got the Adamantium X-Men here, and all the Wolverine stuff, all the X-Men films and that, but you're so right, something fucking Dark Phoenix. I don't think I could get anything any worse, consider- and that that had the cast. I know a lot of my favourite characters, I love Michael Faustbender as Magneto, and it was fucking shit, and I like James McAvoy, and, you know, and, and the whole... Team Together, I really, really enjoy in that, some of the other ones. But this that was a terrible movie. It was just a complete shit show of let's just get this out. This actually one-ups it. And I didn't think I'd even be saying that. Oh, my God. So anyway, Dave, sorry
1: to uh, shoot my load a little bit <laughs> early there. Well, well, let's let's run through it because this does put a full stop on the Fox X-Men universe, doesn't it? I was actually listening to uh, uh, Emma Verbal Dioramas podcast on the X Men, and I know we covered the X Men, um, and we touched a little bit on some of the stuff that was going on in the background. But I learned a whole bunch of other stuff in that. I, I didn't realize that Kevin Feige, you know, who's everyone knows now as being the architect of of what happened in um, uh, in the Marvel Universe, was was basically just quite a junior person in Fox. But Fox had no idea. What they had in the X Men. I mean, we saw Generation X, didn't we? For fuck's sake. So if you needed evidence of that, just just go and watch that. It's free on YouTube still. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, but but having you know someone like Feige there telling them like this is what the x-men's all about and you know it they ended up cutting six months off the production schedule for it to bring it forward um so it's amazing that that first x-men movie ended up being the film that it was it's not a perfect movie by any stretch but you know considering all the problems that had it is pretty amazing so x-men the first one we'd probably say that's a hit wasn't it yeah i would yeah i came out in 2000 i I think that really did kick off the modern kind of comic book movies didn't they yeah. you know in 2000 you had unbreakable as well um but there wasn't that much and and i think you know later you had the likes of spider-man coming out as well but i i'd say that was a hit x-men 2 arguably the best of, of that first trilogy that's probably a hit as well x-men last stand i to say it's a bit of a mess for me.
0: Uh, I enjoyed. I went to cinema to watch that. I just enjoyed it. Vinnie Jones, Davis with Juggernaut as well. So uh, yeah. I didn't mind it. On to the be... Juggernaut. Yeah, coming here, you, <laughs> fucking dick. Band so guy. you, you <laughs> like
1: that one, you? I've watched that a few times. I don't. I don't hate it. But in terms of you know a binary, <laughs> is it a good movie or a bad movie? I, I, I'm for me. I'm going to put that in the bad movie pile.
0: Yeah, I thought it was okay. I maybe it was just because I watched it at cinema, but I, I didn't mind it. I remember taking Jordan; she was only about four or five, <laughs> making a watch it. Dave. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the old classic. Come on, we want to we'll watch this. You probably wanted to watch some fucking Disney thing, and I'm like, no, no,
1: no. He's not. Yeah. She's a tomboy, Dave. You no, know, she had no fucking choice with me. But uh, yeah, I took her to see that. And, um, and what, what about X Men uh, Origins Wolverine? I love that film.
0: Yeah, I, I,
1: I, as much stick as it gets, I'm, I'm gonna. I like that. It's a bit of a guilty pleasure that one.
0: I've got two copies of it, Dave. So, and I've got a, an illegal pirated <laughs> copy.
1: No, I, mean, I used to. One the CGI wasn't included, Dave. I right? had that years. Oh ago, yeah, yeah. Gone, yeah. Uh... So, uh, X Men First Class. Yeah, like that. Possibly, really like that. I, I'd have to say that might be my favorite X Men mm. movie of of all of them. I just think that yeah. gets so many things right. I, I agree.
0: Brilliant. The Wolverine—that's probably the only Wolverine movie—and that got reviewed better than Wolverine Origins. I wasn't a massive fan of the Japanese Yakuza thing. You know that I, I love Hugh Jackman, and there's a couple of great scenes, especially when he's on that high-speed train and he's doing the fights and stuff. But as an overall movie, I can. I can leave that one if I need to. If I never had to watch it again, I wouldn't be bothered. It's okay, but it's not one of my favourites.
1: I, I like the first two acts of that, but the third act I, I thought was pretty horrendous. And and I've I've got that one on Blu-ray, and I I just I've, I've probably watched it maybe three times, which is not a lot. So I, I I quite like those first two acts, but yeah, I probably agree with you there. Days of Future Past as. Probably a good one, isn't it? I think That's I'm shooting cool. my own argument down here, but I, I I thought that one was pretty good. Obviously, you're mixing yeah. in the uh, the first-class team along with the, the Patrick Stewart team. Deadpool. That, that was more through uh, Guerrilla Tactics by Ryan Reynolds, really, wasn't it, that that yeah. one came to the screen? But, yeah, I, I can't argue standby. with that. But here's where it particularly goes off. So, X-Men Apocalypse. Atrocious. It was awful, wasn't it? Yeah, atrocious. Logan, love it. Logan, awesome that, isn't it? Really Deadpool two, uh,
0: again, love it. Yeah. yeah, Dark Phoenix, dog shit on dog. Yeah. <laughs> shit. And <laughs> with Gary on top, Dave.
1: So, so actually, you know, going through them one by one, possibly you'd say, you know, maybe not great movies, but you know, it's it's close, isn't it? But maybe yeah. just slightly more on the good pile. But anyway, Chris, should we go into our trailer? Let's go. What's the last thing you remember, Danny? <laughs> he said we had to run. <laughs> the reason you survived is because you're a very uncommon girl. You're not alone. Not anymore. Do you know what mutants are? Would anyone like to share their first time? Rain? I was 13. I thought it was a dream. I just lost control. Sam? I started panicking. People got hurt. Roberto? My girlfriend had burned her. I killed 18 men. One by one. This isn't a hospital, it's a cage. It's important we find out your your power, power so we can help you get better. I saw something. I don't think she
0: wanted me to see. I don't think we're here to get better.
1: This place takes your greatest fear and makes her live through it until it kills you.
0: Who's there? We can get out of this, together.
1: Now Chris, would you like to describe to us what happens at the beginning? (laughs) Don't do this to me, Dave. I did it on the VHS, and John <laughs> Hammond's never forgiven us. Hasn't he? he was like, "Chris, what's going on? What is
0: this world we're living in?" Yeah. <laughs> Your descriptions of these movies that I, that I do not enjoy are better than what I'm watching on the screen. So you are the actual narrator of the comics' emotion. If you don't, mind. so
1: so I can probably talk to this. I, I think I can talk to this more because of the knowledge of the comics but i have to say i think throughout the movie the the storytelling is just not not that good um which is a real shame this i'll say straight off the bat i think this movie is a massive missed opportunity but uh you know and, and josh boone who, who put it together uh is a massive new mutants fan as well but we know that you know directors don't always kind of get what they want uh from there's a lot of studio hands in this as well so we start off, we've got Danny Moonstar, okay? So she's a Native American and we're getting this destruction happening around her reservation and her uh, father tries to basically hide her away. And then she sees some kind of unseen entity basically kills him off. Um, now she wakes up, she's awakened by this Dr. Cecilia Reyes and she tells Danny she's a mutant. And um, she advises her, basically, she needs to stay in hospital so she can learn about her abilities and and be able to control them. Now, Chris, (laughs) what do you make to the opening (laughs) of this movie?
0: I am actually clapping you, Dave, because um, your description is better than what I'm actually watching. So one thing (laughs) I will say, just to touch on something you said there just before you did the intro, is Josh Boone directed this, Dave. We better not get a load of fucking bellends online going, we need the Josh Boone cut for this. No wonder it was so bad. His (laughs) hands were tied. We can't act, fuck off. We're going to get the Zack Snyder uh, cut. And as much as I don't mind them movies, I know you're not a massive fan. I don't mind uh, the Justice League and I don't mind Batman v Superman. It's bullshit. You can only polish a turd so many ways, Dave. This film is shit. And it is absolutely (laughs) terrible. And what I would say is, what was that? series we did, Dave, where I, I felt this is the, the only the second time in the whole of the Comics in Motion uh, existence that I felt old watching something. What was the one where it was the... the, the Cloak the, and Dagger. That's it, Cloak and Dagger, where the audience this is for is clearly like mid-teen sort of comic book fans, people who, who know the New Mutants. It's something that they're, they're trying to create an X-Men that they grow up with as such, And it's fucking terrible. The the acting and the actual uh, what's going on on the screen. I've I've never been. I'm so thinking. I'm hoping this is like something I can really get into. Like in Logan, you got all the young mutants at the end, didn't you? You know, you got X twenty three there and all that stuff, and you got you got it all, didn't you? You got the the whole thing at the end where they were going after them. And I'm thinking, Mm. first, is this an extension of Logan? I know they say Logan was in a parallel universe as such, but is this? an extension of that. And some of these guys from that movie, they they were quite interesting at the end of the movie, some of the powers that you're thinking, are they going to come across? It's just fucking garbage. It's all self-contained, obviously. The budget's like about 60 to 80 million. They've made only 35, which is not their fault, to be fair, because of what's going on in the world. We can't... Uh, criticise them on that. It's just purely, you know, cinemas have not been open. And, you know, I know it's not been well received, but they could have had a proper uh, PR stuff and they would have gained a lot of money out of that. So I'm not going to knock him down for that. But what I would say is it's fucking boring. And there's too much fucking... <laughs> talking and, and like this, he's supposed to be like a psychological thriller. And who the fuck told Maisie Williams, Dave, that she was Scottish? That is, I mean, the character's Scottish, a fucking accent. I was thinking, I don't want to come on here and slay her. And then they go, well, she's from Edinburgh or she's from fucking Aberdeen or Orlando, <laughs> And she's not. And it's like, what a fucking terrible accent. That is one of the worst accents I've seen. I'll tell you what, we slag off, not slag off, but we laugh at Billy Butcher, don't we, Carl Urban, because his accent is not Cockney. It's a Dick Van Dyke Aussie accent, but it's too <laughs> fucking cool for school. He's one of the best characters I've seen on on any screen. I love. So it doesn't matter that it isn't authentic. But her accent is goddamn awful in this.
1: Yeah, it, it's not great. I do think that you're right. I see that's a good uh, point. Actually, drawing a parallel with Cloak and Dagger, I, I think it's right. You know, this is kind of this teeny angst drama, and it's just. It's just not made for us. Um, but then I, I don't think it's. It's not got enough going on in it to keep anyone's attention. I, I just think this is all just very, very bland. In answer to your question, yeah, so Rain Sinclair, she is Scottish in the comics. She was brought up by this uh, arsehole of a religious man. And obviously, she, she's quite a religious person. And, and, you know, because she turns into a werewolf is fairly. Uh, Uh, hates herself quite a bit so um i i I think a very very interesting character but we got absolutely none of that on the screen to be honest and i know uh max nailed it that um she was basically doing an impression of jimmy cranky (laughs) 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 so i can't argue with that at all but um i mean danny's powers right so she was known as mirage so basically she can extract um uh, you know people's fears and dreams and stuff out of their head, and and then you can sort of see them and stuff. And but I, I know that from the comics. You know, within within a few pages, you know of of the first edition. Um, sorry, you know the the graphic novel that I spoke about. You get introduced to that and what the powers are. In this, there's not really a great explanation of of anything that's going on. Now, now they think. They're being kept in this hospital by Dr. Cecilia Reyes. Now, Chris, this had a a budget of a reported budget of somewhere between sixty-seven and eighty million. Now I know there's quite a lot of special effects there, but fuck me, I'm left wondering where did the rest of it go? <laughs> because you know, Deadpool took the piss out of, you know, the fact that, you know, if he turns up to the X-Mansion. You know, he only ever sees Neg- he only ever sees Negasonic Teenage Warhead and Colossus, and he says, "You know, it's almost as if the studio couldn't afford anyone else." Does Doctor Cecilia Reyes run this whole hospital by herself? <laughs> because we don't see anyone. This struck me like a, a ten million dollar movie, ignoring the special effects. You know, it, it looked like such an independent movie where you've got very little uh, going on in terms of different locations. And it's just, I, I don't get, I can't equate that budget to what I see on the screen.
0: No, I, I think you're right. thats a, You know what, Dave? I've never even thought about that. That's a fantastic spot. Because, what what you know what? I've, it felt like in stages, when they were sort of sat there, you know, like in little groups and that, it reminded me slightly of glass. You know, when they were all mm. sat there and they're all with the... The uh, psychologist, that girl, and then you've got uh, that lady, sorry. And then you've got the three, man, you're Samuel L. Jackson, Bruce Willis, uh, James McAvoy, and they're sat in a room, aren't they? And it's the first time you've got these three people from the same universe together. And we're going through some of the psychological things, aren't we? I know it takes a turn for the worst later on, but I, I was just like, it's not... I liked Glass. and you know, I've got a bloody limited edition poster thing I got when, when I went. I think I got you a copy, didn't I? Yeah, uh, yeah. And and I really enjoyed that film, which I didn't think I would. This is not anywhere near. It's just it's just rubbish. It's like, like you say, it's like a, a mellow teen drama thing. But I don't think any teens would enjoy this, Dave. I think they'd put this on and go, what is this crap? You know, it... it They've missed that. For me, it should have just been shelved. It's a real stain, I think, on Maisie Williams and the rest of the I don't know the rest of the crew properly. So I only know Maisie Williams from Game of Thrones, who I think is a fantastic actress. As I Stark, she was fucking amazing in Game of Thrones. She really was. But in this, it's terrible. And I know this was filmed a few years ago and, and we know Game of Thrones finished, but this is. Bobbins. She must have been reading some of this going, Holy crap, what have I got myself in for? You know, it it, not every actor and actress is going to have a an absolute blockbuster on the hands. I know that. That's just not the way it goes. I completely agree. It doesn't, you know, you can look at Hugh Jackman, you can look at Ryan Reynolds, all these ones who we love. Uh, you know, Robert Downey Jr. He did Dr. Doolittle, Robert Downey Jr. this year, and it's fucking one of the worst films. I've, I've not even <laughs> yeah. seen it, but everyone I've spoke to has said it's one of the, I don't know if you've seen it, Dave, one of the worst films I've ever. I've
1: heard that. And I, someone terrible. else had mentioned to me that uh, you might see Robert Downey sort of uh, reappearing back in marvel movies not in relation to dr Doolittle, but were you just saying that i just thought about that comment and i thought maybe it is just one of those you know perfect robert downey is iron man and tony stark it was just the perfect casting wasn't it in the end in, in hindsight it wasn't necessarily at the time you know he wasn't even first billing was he
0: no, no, and, and and you're right, he wasn't, he, what, you mean, like I say, Terence Howard was getting all the money, wasn't he, in the first one, yeah. ridiculous, but he was a risk, wasn't he, because of his background and stuff, this was like his sort of Hail Mary, uh, last ditch attempt at sort of stardom, and my God, did he run with it, Dave, he's one of the best guys out there, I love Robert Downey Jr., so, um, yeah, really, but this, this is a, a turkey, a, 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 honestly, Dave, it's a Christmas fucking dinner one, this, it's fucking awful, <laughs> Dave, it got that bad, that you know, and it was great to be back at the cinema. I had to go to the toilet and it was an extended toilet break where I even got Skittles and that, Dave, and come back and missed about three or four minutes and I, I didn't miss anything. <laughs> they were still sat in the same fucking position. So for me, it's fucking terrible. I and mean, what did you think, Dave? I know I'm absolutely slating it. Did you think the same or did, did you did you pick anything good out of the movie?
1: Uh uh, not not mm. really i think the you know these are young actors and actresses aren't they so i think they'll be able to ride this one out so someone you might not have, have recognized is anya taylor joy so she was the one playing ilyana um the one with the the blonde hair so she yeah. was out of um what was it the one be- you've just mentioned glass she was it well she was in glass um but she was i want to say snatch it's the other one um uh, lockstar not snap split Oh, Split? Yeah, so she was the she was the girl in Split.
0: Oh, I'll I tell you who she was, Dave, as well. We watched the one about the wedding. Have you seen the one where... I'm sure that's her. She looks a bit like Margot Robbie, doesn't she? Uh... Oh, we,
1: watched one.
0: We, we watched the wedding one. We watched the wedding one, one. in Sam. Uh, maybe it's not that one. She, she's similar. She's very similar in looks. There's one about a wedding where they've got to kill the bride or she's got to stay, save a knight sort of thing anyway dave forget As- it yeah forget <laughs> it i'm I'm making it more interesting than what it, uh, you, it, m- yeah.
1: you may also reckon so uh, recognize so you have charles ross heaton so he was in stranger things he's like the older brother in that so uh, you know they, they've got other kind of um franchise things uh, uh movies and stuff so mm-hmm. interestingly i did see an interview with uh charlie heaton and um he was saying one of his mates was was uh, convinced this movie was, was fake. You know, it's a bit of a conspiracy <laughs> theory. It's like, you know, it's been going on for so long, it doesn't exist, you know. So, um, yeah, I, I think it's, it is one of those to kind of sweep under the carpet. I would love, to, if anyone who's listening to this it, actually really enjoyed this, then I think, you know, get in touch with us because I, I'm i struggling. I'm such a big fan of the comics. And and I know I'm not the type, Chris, who's like, oh, well, it's like that in the comics. So they have to kind of translate that exactly to what is on screen. It, it, it's not that. But if you just take the essence of those characters, you know, that idea that you've got these people who who, you know, have got these powers that they never asked for, you know this is not the x men this is not you know wolverine who's got his cool powers and stuff going going around slicing everyone i know cyclops has a bit of a moan you know because of his uh his eyes but ultimately he's cool as fuck you know when he's uh blasting his eye beams out there these these are people who are genuinely dangerous and are haunted by you know not being able to control their powers and needing to get control of them so you know again, I just think it's it's, it's a missed opportunity now, I'll say chris that so when they had that first new mutants run, they swapped the artists around uh quite a bit, and it's when. This guy called Bill, Bill Sienkiewicz came on board. It was with the first, uh, the Demon Bear is like a, th- or the Demon Bear Saga rather, is a three-issue run, and it starts from 18 and then goes through to issue 20. It was literally St. Kevich's first um, issue that you know he kind of drew it in this very very spooky way. When when we're uh, when we finished, I'll send you some of the images, but. This kind of artwork, and, and and this is what led, you know, this movie down this kind of horror-inspired path, you know, it's just very, very fucking creepy, and this whole painted style hadn't really been seen that much in comics before, so it's a really influential comic, but... I think unfortunately with how bad this movie is and the fact that it's on the back of dark Phoenix, you know, it ju- it just makes you wonder that, well, actually is, is all the success that, that we had mostly in the Fox X-Men universe was most of it to do with Hugh Jackman and Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. I, I'd kind of have to conclude that it is. So since, you know, then you've had teams like the runaways, I know we've not covered it on here, but you know, that, that newer, you know, that youngish team where you can sort of play with those sort of teeny angst drama themes, you know, I think they'll probably end up picking something different for this. So, you know, I, I just don't think uh, we'll see this team again.
0: No, and like you say, Dave, it's not the actors and actresses' fault. They can only work with, the, you know, what's written for them, how they're directed. Like you say, it tested quite well the first time and then they balls it all up. So it's just, Honestly, I found it so difficult, David, and I know I've not got the best attention span you know, I really have to sit down at times because I start peeing about on my phone and stuff. And it got that bad. I was fucking praying for somebody to text me or ring me because 'cause I'm thinking, <laughs> holy shit, there's got to be something take take it take me away from, you know, this. It was and I don't do that. I don't do that at all using this. And I'm thinking, please, something happened. Because it's so difficult. It's so difficult to Describe on the screen, and I think you say, like you say about the demon bear. There, there's a lot of interesting characters that potentially, Dave, you could borrow franchises from. But this is not it. This is not a a universe that, for me, that you know, right, the, the, there is X Men uh, mentions there. They sort of it's, it's within a universe as such, but it just doesn't deliver on any of it. And I just feel sorry. Like you say, they're not? It's not going to be the end of their careers. They've got really healthy acting careers, all of them, but. It's just one of them ones where they must be thinking, why the hell does this come out? You know, sometimes there's a reason to get delayed. And this is one of their movies.
1: Yeah, I mean, I hope this isn't the last we've seen of these characters. I mean, I talked a little bit about Rain there. So, you know, the fact that she's from this very religious background, you know, but she is a werewolf. So this kind of demonic or traditionally demonic sort of uh manifestation and and i think you know if you think about how much that's going to fuck your mind up you know that's one of the things that makes to me rain sinclair a really interesting character you know she's got that always seems to have that kind of conflict between a religious upbringing and and you know what she actually is as a mutant yeah Ilyana rasputin is actually do, do we remember there's another rasputin Uh, in the X-Men universe. Little test there. I know you're not a comics fan, but you know who that is? No. So she's the younger sister of Peter Rasputin, a.k.a. Colossus.
0: Ah. Now,
1: she first appeared in that giant X-Men number one. Basically, she was just there for someone to to rescue. So Colossus rescued her like um, Superman 3 style. You know, she was going to get taken out by the corn machine or whatever it is and then he has to transform into metal colossus and and he stops it so that that was her and then you never saw her for a a few years and then she basically she got stolen and taken to limbo which is kind of like hell and she grew up you know and time moves differently there so she grew up you know to a to a teenager and then came back this teenager, whereas you know everyone had known her as being this this young little girl. And because she she had like mutant powers, which create these kind of teleportation discs, but it doesn't just go from one place to the other. She has to go through hell to get from one place to the other. And the fact that she's been brought up by demons and stuff, you've always got this bit of um, mistrust with the rest of the team. Like, can you really trust her? You know, is she good? You know, which you know, when she's a little girl, she's inherently quite good. But then she's got this upbringing and these kind of demonic powers as well. You've got that conflict within her. You can really play around with that character and do interesting things. Chris, we get fuck all of that. <laughs> <laughs> no we get in this. All we get in this is she's basically a character out of Mean Girls, isn't she? With yeah. uh, with a soul sword there. So again, just so disappointed that they could have done so much with this. And all we get are these really, really bland characters. And yeah, I'm not sure we're going to see them again. One of the worst things they did for me, Chris, so the casting of um, uh, Roberto. So he's the guy who can, like, turn into Volcano. They they call him Sunspot. And he he had that horrific kind of vision. He'd burned his... um, girlfriend to death hadn't he when you first introduced to him in the comics right again remember i said chris claremont was dialing up this diversity dial and uh (laughs) dialing up the dial that's good that dave um (laughs) (laughs) so basically you're introduced and roberto is a mixed race brazilian boy and you, you see him, he's playing a bit of football, you know, no stereotyping at all. Brazilian playing a bit of football uh, or soccer, if you're listening from the U.S. And, you know, you've got these white Brazilians who, who you know, chopping him down and, and uh, you know, giving him a bit of stick there. Again, because he's got that. That's This is even before they find out he's a mutant. So, again, I think, play, you know, if you include the fact that he's mixed race, you know, I think that gives you the opportunity to discuss, you know, what are the, some of some of the challenges he's coming across. No, not just being a mutant again, they've decided to cast, I mean, Henry Zaga is, is Brazilian, but you know, he's very, very, he looks Caucasian, doesn't he? So I, you just can't really play with that. So it's not the first time won't be the last, well, hopefully we're seeing the end of whitewashing characters, but you know, again, another missed opportunity there. But anyway, Chris, I'm not going to carry on going on, on about uh, missed opportunities. What I will say is in the story, you know, the, the in one of these little chats that they're having, they decide, oh, yeah, this creepy-ass fucking doctor, and there's no other nurses or doctors <laughs> anywhere. We must be getting trained for the X-Men. Well, what did you reckon of that logic there? <laughs>
0: It sounds like my sort of logic, Dave, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I should have loved it, really. because I come up with a ridiculous fucking logical leaps. You know me too well. Yeah, I'd, I'd... that's the only thing there where I started thinking maybe we're going to get you know a bit of something, Dave, a bit bit of meat behind it, a bit of something that's going to interest me. And go, oh, I'm going. So you know, I love my pop culture references and things like that, but no, it just falls flat. The whole thing falls flat, and the, the idea of the self containment. I'm not, you know, I'm not a big fan of movies like that, and that's what I didn't like, to be honest.
1: Yeah, I, I thought, you know, you, you probably wouldn't like it. Even to me, I don't normally pick up on the claustrophobia earlier than you do. You're a bit more sensitive to that. But even I was like, oh fuck! I mean, they, they go out a little bit, don't they? They go out into the field, and that's where they discovered the force field initially. Yeah. Ilyana thinks it's hilarious that Danny runs into it, kind of thing. And that's the only time you spend outside, though, isn't it? The rest of it is all inside. And that's that's. I guess you could say, in a if I was to take it positively, it's trying to create that claustrophobic feeling. But I just didn't fully buy into it. It just felt cheap, you know. It didn't feel like you know you you were claustrophobic in a good way. It just felt like you know the well, there's no other doctors anyway. <laughs> Where yeah. is everyone? Where are all the other, you know, even chuck a few extras in there. Just walk around in the background. How is it that we only ever see this one doctor? So yeah, yeah. it uh, wasn't great.
0: No, it wasn't. And I think you're right, Dave. I think it, it, it makes it look cheap because it's just like you're watching it thinking they haven't got a fucking budget here. Why have they not got a budget? Why are they not expanding on what they're doing? Like you say, go out, do something, show us something different, show us some flash, proper flashbacks, you know, and things like that. It doesn't really do very well at all. And uh, yeah,
1: I mean, what, what do you reckon about the, the special effects though? So some of those, I, I think that's where the majority of the money must have gone.
0: Um. Yeah. Not bad, Dave. It's part of the course with the superhero stuff. Like I say, Dark Phoenix had some great special effects, but the movie just didn't grab me. Do you know what I mean? I, th- I think you're right. It's not. It's not TV movie level. It is a, a big production. This, but however, because the story is so, I don't know, just so rubbish and boring, I'm not engrossed by any of them when they change. You know, the powers and that. you you've not got that. That moment, and I know there's a few bits in the movie where you're thinking that, where you're thinking like, here we go, we're going to give it some. You know, like, I wanted, like, you know, where uh, Rain, is it Rainer? Uh, Maisie Rain. Rain, yeah. Rain, sorry. A couple of moments with her, but it's not that, it's not got that built, that suspense where they, they're going to transform because they have to. I know we get it at the end slightly with the demon bear now, but I'm just like, I wasn't bothered. I was watching it like, I'm not even bothered. I can forgive a movie, Dave. And I know like people slate Superman three and, you know, we've reviewed it on episode 50, but that bit where Christopher, well, Clark Kent beats up Superman and becomes Superman again. It gives me fucking uh, shivers down my spine. The hairs on the back of my neck come in because he, he killed him. He pulls the shirt open. The music comes on and he's Superman again and flies off. The film's fucking dog shit pretty much, isn't it? (laughs) Even though I enjoy watching it and I can watch it every year and love it. It's, terrible but these bits in it that get you going and maybe it's because the investment in the characters because i have no relationship with any of these characters other than what i'm seeing on screen but there's no moments where there's a redeemable bit where i'm thinking i cannot wait for this
1: no and as bad as superman 3 is you you've still got some iconic scenes haven't you i mean uh who hasn't tried to flick peanuts and, and take out...
0: <laughs> I've done that, some you know. The, some the, that. Exactly. I've we've we've all
1: been twats and tried it at some point, haven't we? You know, Trying I mean, to smash bottles like that. I've not tried to <laughs> ski off a fucking skyscraper,
0: Dave, and land intact no, no. as well. I've never done that. That's unbelievable. But, yeah, other than that, I have done that with the peanuts, thinking I could smash a window when I was there. Like, oh, I don't know why I wanted. I would even have done that. I'd have got a fucking would smack around the head off me old man if I'd done that yeah. Dave but yeah <laughs> I, I, I have, and I hate nuts you know I can't even eat nuts the smell of nuts makes me sick I hate them
1: oh really so, yeah
0: oh, it fucking kills me <laughs> if I can smell peanut butter Dave oh I'm gone I'm heaving I hate it so, <laughs> I've done that though flicking them then I've got to wash my hands I'm like oh my god don't let me get not smell of me I hate nuts but anyway <laughs> I have done that but this, this doesn't yeah. give you the sense of there's no tension to it there's no build up it's just it just muddles along for me. And that, that for me, is sacrilege with, with the characters they had on show and the potential to expand the universe. It could have been a great little franchise, but this will never see a sequel. If it does, i will be fucking amazed, Dave.
1: No, I, I think it's it's not going to make its money back. And, and usually that's the kiss of death, isn't it? So I think if it does, you know, there'll be as different actors, Um I mean, I think, honestly, Chris, the best thing about this movie is the trailer. I yeah. think the trailer does play up the horror. It plays, you know, to some of those jump scares. I know some people think jump scares are, are a bit cheap, um, but for me, they're effective. And, you know, there, there were some genuinely creepy moments. But the fact, I mean, it's a 15 in the UK, isn't it? Which I think is you know, due to some of the, special effects and stuff. When you've got yeah. like a child woman and stuff, you don't really want to be bringing in your your kids to watch that. Um but it's not it doesn't push the boundaries of a of a 15 at all. Um you know and I, I just think it's it's not scary enough. If you're gonna make a horror movie, really make a horror movie. And and we just got this mishmash between a, a kind of slightly spooky in bits movie teen angst drama i mean i I will point out as well so you know cecilia reyes she's working in this movie for um uh nathaniel essex she's working for the the essex corporation chris you may know from the x-men animated series so that's mr sinister so he'd been hinted at i think it was at at the end of um, apocalypse I, th- I think it might have been the end of Apocalypse. We saw, like, a little hint of that. So, I mean, it, this could have, you know, claimed to be in the same universe as that, and it could have knitted it together quite nicely. But, you know, essentially we do get, you know, this... I, I mean, the the demon bear, you know, again, you've got this mishmash. So who's the real villain, Chris? No one, is it? You've got the no. demon bear who's kind of, you know... Uh, chasing after danny you know and let me let me go to the comics again chris right so in that in that demon bear issue basically it it comes from her kind of native american background it's it's haunted her family and in that first issue she goes out the the team don't really believe her that 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 it's even a thing so she goes out to basically take on this bear on, on her own now her superpower is not she's not deadpool she's got no regeneration or anything she's just physically a normal person she goes to take on this fucking bear and all that you see at the end of that first issue is her broken body and blood scattered around it and the rest of the team looking down at her going oh fuck you know and, and she spends the, most of the rest of the arc you know in uh, in hospital you know completely broken so you know if you think like the revenant with leonardo dicaprio and where he got mauled by the bear, you know, they, they could have had something like that, you know, and, and really made it fucking impactful. We got none of that. We basically got, you know, she confronted the bear and the bear turns into a big fucking cuddly bear. <laughs> <laughs> it's <not> always nice. <laughs> like, like, what the fuck? You know, so, um, so yeah, and again, some of the artwork is, is phenomenal in it. But um, yeah, so they they take down her, her, you know, the the bear kind of, uh, uh, you know, uh, takes out Cecilia Reyes and and basically they escape, don't we? You know, fast forwarding right to the end, they escape and then they kind of wander off together as as the new mutants, never to be seen again, Chris.
0: (laughs) Dave, all I'm going to say is, thank God we're at the end. <laughs> this film deserves far less time that we've talked about it today. It, it, I love listening to your uh, comic history and knowledge; it's brilliant. Honestly, I love it when all the other guys do it as well because I have no racing, I always say it, I have no concept of any of these characters. But just listening to that, it makes perfect sense why you would make a movie based on these characters, based on these you know uh, the little crumbs in the X Men movies and everything. But th- honestly, it's such a shame. It's such a shame. It really is. I know I'm always like going hard in the paint on this, but it really is. And and, it, and from what you've said today, what the fuck are they playing at? They, just they might as well have just ripped this up and started again. I think the only way you see the new mutants properly, Dave, is maybe an animated run. That would be the forgivable one, I think, if they could do yeah. something. Obviously, PG version, but something less as, as thingy as this. That's the only way you could maybe redeem these characters. But uh, yeah, it's goddamn terrible.
1: Yeah, yeah, it could be. And and to your point before about the the Josh Boone cut, <laughs> um, I don't think you're going to see that. I think the the Snyder cut was a uh, quite a unique thing, and and I don't think it's going to set a precedent because of the way Snyder shoots his movies. You know, you you've got all of that footage, a bit like the Donner cut. Where yeah. you know you've got the footage there, but because they sacked him kind of when they were trying to make both movies, you had to get Lester to shoot a load of uh, different footage. A bit of the same with Schneider and um Joss Whedon. You know, Joss Whedon shot a load of new footage, including the infamous fucking mustache CGI removal. <laughs> um, but th- that footage did exist with this one. The problem is the the footage that they wanted to exist was never shot, you know, so they wanted to play up all the horror and everything, um, but they hadn't actually shot it. So you, you'll never see a, a director's cut of this. I'm fucking As much as you would like, Chris. Yeah, yeah
0: definitely. Thank God for that. I, I, I will say, though, Dave, I have had a parcel arrive, haven't I? From one of yeah. our fantastic listeners who messaged us – on um online and was so uh, just nice so nice to get this because you know you know I have an appreciation of the ghost Rider Dave, and um yeah, I have both copies of the ghost Rider now Dave, so brilliant, look Absol- at you. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Now oh, This I'll is Colin. Colin, and Good I, I don't yeah. know if he actually listens to this one because he, he contacted us on the VHS podcast. But <laughs> he must listen to this, actually. Yeah, he must take, yeah, because be. uh, if he knows of your love of uh, at least the first Ghost Rider. So there we go. Proud owner of the Ghost Rider. What, what, yeah. what's a trilogy when it's two movies <laughs>
0: sportsman's do, double do you, sportsman's <laughs> double, a brace. <laughs> a brace so Dave <laughs> shall we go to our review
1: let's go In a world of video stores and late fees, when movies ain't what they used to be, one podcast will change the world. They will embark on a journey to look at the good and bad movies from the golden era of home video. And things are about to get nostalgic, the VHS will rise. And the screen will fall. Whoa, oh, whoa, whoa. Dave, this has got to be the worst
0: promo I have ever heard. No, it isn't. If you're going down the route of the video trailer man, Dave, Dave I want a training montage. Coming soon this on a is podcast a goddamn you. awful. you. If you listen to
1: one podcast this week, then you're probably listening to Joe Rogan. But if you've exhausted all Nothing
0: of really the podcasts, it is just awful. They I'm not going to say it's really the worst just we've ever seen, because like you said, the awesome special effects on that there. And there is a couple of scenes that are not bad. Other than that, I never, ever want to see this movie again, hear about this movie. If they're going to remake it and we're going to get some different directors cut, I am without a doubt going to be canvassing on Twitter to actually get it banned, Dave. It is terrible. (laughs) So he's going to Phantom Zone. I hope General Zod has had a curry and he leaves it in the bowl and we never see it again and flushes it away, Dave, because it is fucking rubbish. So what about yourself?
1: I'm struggling with this one because for me it was a massive disappointment and I know in in some of the X-Men fan circles there was a lot of uh pessimism around this and and as long as the production problems went on and they were all well-publicized, my optimism that this could actually be something a little bit different and, you know, something that we haven't seen before and I'm all for the swinging of the fences kind of thing, you know, just try something different and it just might come off. But unfortunately, they, even though it hinted at it, certainly with the trailer that this was something different, I don't think it was the, the characterizations were so bland and we've seen this kind of thing so many times before the, these characters and, and, you know, and I don't mean their superhero manifestations. I mean just the, the characters from just some, you know, it's like watching Biker Grove, Chris, you know, uh, a little bit in some respects. So, you know, and for our US listeners, this is just like, again, another teen drama that was on about 20 years ago. Yeah. So, yeah, huge disappointment. I can't lie. I, would I watch this again? I think because of my love of the comics it might just see me try and give this one another go and try and, you know, watch it again. But it just feels like, for me, as soon as Hugh Jackman hung up his claws, the the X-Men universe was over. Even though that X-Men first class, you know, team kind of was something a bit different. In fact, Hugh Jackman even appeared in that, didn't he? Um, And I thought... (sighs) Yeah, I I just can't help but feel like this is this is the opportunity to just draw a line under that Fox X Men universe and and just move on. So I'm flip flopping. Do I want to send it to um, Hell's Kitchen or do I want to send it to the Phantom Zone? I think I'm just just about gonna send it to Hell's Kitchen. It's just gonna escape the Phantom Zone for me. Because I, I think when it comes on um it'll come on Disney Plus probably won't it? I'll probably yeah. watch it again at home. Maybe not in one sitting. <laughs> you know, I want to see it again. Well I don't want to see it again. But like I say, because of my love of the the you know the actual characters in the comics I, I think I'm prepared to give it another chance at home. But uh yeah it's it's by the skin of its teeth, Chris, that it's just staying out of the phantom zone for me.
0: <laughs> Fair enough, Dave. And I think you're right. You need to watch it again. I'm not watching it again, but, uh, yeah, I'll give you that. I will give you that one. Uh, so guys, if you want to contact the show and if you agree or disagree with us, I'd love to hear what people think about this one. Cause it's unbelievable. It is diverse, diverse finding opinions, without a doubt. So, uh, at comics in motion p on Twitter, or if you want to email us, comics in motion podcast at gmail.com. And if you can, drop us a review on the show, guys. It just helps myself and Dave grow and gets out there to more people. Uh, Mr. Horrocks, amazing today, and thank you for making me watch this because, um, yeah. I hated you for uh, 150 minutes, was it? Something, no, like 94 minutes. Sorry, and uh, yeah, it's um,
1: payback for eat my dust. <laughs> yeah, I'll get you back. Don't you worry. I'll get you back, gadget. Don't you worry. Awesome. Well, we'll be back next week. Hopefully, we'll pick something. We've had a couple of turkeys there, haven't we? So uh, let's hopefully find something a little bit better for next week. <laughs>
0: Please, for God, oh, <laughs> for God, please. <laughs> Bye.
1: Bye now. Excuse me, I'm Eric Lentra. james Xavier. Go fuck yourself.
0: What in the ass? Tell me something, my friend.
1: You ever dance with the devil in the pale of light? What? I always ask that of all my friends. I just like the sounds. Let's not stand on ceremony here. Mr. Wayne. Would you care to step outside? Come to me, son of Jor-El! Kneel before Zone! Why so serious? Let's put a smile on that face. I am Iron Man. I'm Batman. Any goodie? Oh! Hey!